Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Hold your Bible to heaven and say, Thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. And we mean that, don't we? That's our spiritual exercise, praise God. And we mean exactly what we say here. He's changing us from glory to glory by His Spirit. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58 and verse 1, we're talking about reasons to shout. Now notice, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet or a shofar, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Once again, this trumpet sound is a loud sound. And what it's saying is we have to have a loud voice in speaking out against sin and unrighteousness. And with a loud voice, declare the truth of God, the righteousness of God, the mind of God, the the love of God, the holiness of God before the people. And with a loud voice, we're to proclaim and declare our faith. A loud voice, not mellow, not soft. And I understand there's a place for us. I'm more of a reserved kind of guy. And there's a place for us just to be in reverence and respect before the Lord. But too often in many situations a lot of people sit back and and the things of God are just very mellow very subtle and all that I want you to know something walls of Jericho did not come down because they said come down it didn't happen that way there is a time to shout there are reasons for shouting there are reasons to cry aloud with a strong voice A powerful voice proclaiming the word of God, declaring the word of God, shouting the word of God if need be to rise up and overcome and be victorious over the enemy. They had a lot to shout about in the Old Testament when God intervened on their behalf, did they not? But beloved, you and I got a whole lot more to shout about in this time in which we live because we have Jesus who defeated death, hell, and the grave. So we've got a lot to shout about. So we're going to talk about some reasons to shout. That okay with you this morning? Okay, let's look at number one. For the victory that we have in Christ. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 47, this is prophetic. And it's talking about victory. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to the Lord, or or unto God, with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is great King over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and nations under our feet. He shall... Choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob whom he loved. Selah, or stop and think about that. God is gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a shofar or a trumpet. 
And that's prophetic. You're going to see in a moment. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. Now, the whole psalm is prophetic. And it's, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. It's prophetic. It's talking about a shout of victory when victory is obtained. If anybody saw the last game of the Penguins when they played the Lightning to get into the Stanley Cup Finals, anybody here see that? A few of you saw that? Okay. You would notice when it hit 60 seconds left in the game, the pitch among the crowd went from loud to louder. And then when the countdown started, it got louder and louder and louder. And then finally, when the end of the game came, that horn that they blow got so loud and the people screamed so loud, it was absolutely deafening and the place was shaken. The rafters were probably shaken for all the the noise that was being made and the shouting that was taking place going on, all because they won a hockey game. And they advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals. If you were a part of that, if you were there, I'm sure it was deafening, right? Well, beloved, in the book of Colossians, chapter 2 and verse 15, guess what? Jesus didn't just win a hockey game. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So this is prophetic. This psalm is prophetic. When it says that God goes up in a shout, okay, and bear with me, the victory that Jesus won was over Satan, sin, sickness, disease, death, hell and the grave principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this world anything the curse and everything that is entered into this realm of life from the kingdom of darkness has been overthrown and defeated by the king of kings and the lord of lords hallelujah and our lord our god has gone up in a shout well wait a minute and i thought about that He ascended with a shout. And I began to envision this in my mind's eye. You recall the story of the rich man and Lazarus? And you recall how the the man that was the rich man was on this side of that gulf and he was suffering? And on the other side you had Lazarus in Abraham's bosom and he was comforted, right? So can you imagine how long they've been there? And the gulf fixed between the two men. You can't cross over. And all those suffering over here. Looked over there. And saw them in comfort and peace. And joy. And they're over here in turmoil. And and, and suffering and pain and anguish. This is going on day in, day out. 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 Until one day. After Jesus arose from the dead. And one day. When he went to the high court of heaven. And offered up his precious blood. And one day. After he came back to the earth. After the of the Holy Ghost. It was about time for him to ascend on high. And lead captivity captive. 
And one day, they on that side of the cavern, on the gulf, on the, the, the gulf was fixed between the two, looked over and saw Jesus come into Abraham's bosom. And he said to all those in Abraham's bosom, I've done it. The time has come. You don't have to stay here any longer. Let's go see the Father. And they all arose with a shout and a loud shout. He ascended on high with the trump of God. And they met him and they went up on high and what they saw on earth was they saw him ascend in a cloud that cloud was all those saints in Abraham's bosom that escorted him to glory he took them to their place he prepared for them whoo glory to God is that something to shout about we've got victory over death hell and the grave all that Satan can throw our way and there's a waiting for us on the other side in glory a place that Jesus has personally prepared for every single one of us so if your religion says you can just sit there and say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I appreciate that but I'm telling you right now thank you Jesus glory to God that's better than a hockey game a whole lot better than a hockey game you see, heaven came down to defeat the enemy, and then he went back to heaven successfully as victor over all the enemy. Number two, our second reason why you and I, are, no, these aren't just suggestions to shout. This is where God tells us to shout in scripture. He actually tells us, because God is our defense. God is the one who defends us and protects us. Look at the book of Psalms, chapter 5. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them sit quietly in their pew. And just kind of mutter a little expression of joy. No, let them ever shout for joy. You want to know why you have to shout for joy? We have to shout for joy. Everything around us dictates what? Sorrow, sighing, complaining, murmuring, the world, the government, this crazy election. And the list goes on and on and on and on. If you want joy, you're going to have to shout for it. And he tells you why. Why shout for joy? Because you defend them. Whew, glory to God. You're not alone. You've got defense. You've got a great defense. You've got the King of Kings, you've got the Lord of Lords, you've got the Eternal One, the Holy One, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost with all the holy angels. There's more that be with us than that be with them. There is a reason to shout, especially if you feel yourself under the pressure of the world, devil in the flesh. It's time to just, you've heard the commercial, shout it out. Just shout it out, man. Hallelujah. Shout for joy. Why? Because you defend them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. In other words, those that trust in him can depend on him to defend them and protect them in their time of need. He will bless them with his presence. He will surround them. It's like a wall of fire that surrounds them. And when the enemy comes, our God is a consuming fire. Praise God, they're burned up. They can't penetrate. And that reminded me, when they came out of Egypt in the wilderness, what did they have? A cloud by day and a fire by night? For their safety and protection. He defended them from the elements he defended them from the enemy and anything and everything that could come against them in life. God's our defense. 
That's a reason to shout, my brother and my sister. That's a reason to shout. And then number three. What about this one? Because God is great. Our God is great. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. Therefore, and this is again prophetic. And if you're thinking, well, this is Old Testament. Yes, but it's prophetic. And it speaks to us. Because of our salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Are we saved? Do we have salvation? And in that day, in what day? This day, shall you say, praise the Lord. Do you say that every day? Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Look at the instructions here. Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. Make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord. For He had done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout. Cry out and shout. Thou inhabitant of what? Who's Zion? The church. Zion. For great. Here's why. Great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. He's great in the midst of us. There's the instructions. We're to cry out as well as do the other things. Say that His name is exalted. Is His name exalted above every other name? Is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? What is that name? Jesus is the name above every name. And that name is exalted, praise God, in this place, in our hearts, in our lives. And we're to cry out and shout with a loud voice. And sometimes when it seems like you're down and out and it seems like you're overcome and it seems like you're going to be destroyed and it seems like there's no way out, it's time to stop and think and reflect who, about who your def one who is your defense and think about that name that you've been given the right to use in your time of adversity and trouble. And you know what? Sometimes you've got to get to a place or to a point in your life that I'm not talking about an emotionalism type of shout. I'm talking about where you have taken time to meditate what you're hearing here this morning that praise God he is worthy of our praise and worship he will defend us fight for us protect us and go before us and loose his angels on our behalf to see to it they support us and help us and surround us that we have victory because of what Jesus has done for us and you dwell upon that you meditate upon that and all of a sudden it just starts in your toes. It's like the 60 second countdown. It's starting down there in your toes and there's 45 seconds and it hits your knees and then there's 30 seconds and it's at your hips. And then all of a sudden there's 15 seconds left and it's hitting you right here in the belly and you really can taste the victory and you, all of a sudden it's swelling up and then it's, you shout it out, glory to God, I got the victory. And man, when you speak it out of your mouth then from your heart, something happens. Oh, glory to God, you activate the power of God that brings victory. You know what? They could shout because God was for them. Right? Was God for us? The Bible says if God be for us, who could be against us? They could shout because God was with them. Was Jesus with us? Didn't he say I'll be with you always? But they could not shout because they could not say God is in them. But you and I can say, Christ in me, the hope of glory, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. If that's not a reason to shout, glory to God. See, it's all in here on the inside of us. You're God's masterpiece. Does that set right with you? Where's the holiest 
land on the earth? Israel. Holiest city? Holiest place during that time? The temple. The holiest spot? Holy of holies. No more temple. You are the temple. The holiest place? The holiest spot? Right here, the Shekinah glory on the day of Pentecost came in to you. Cloven tongues like as a fire went inside on the inside. Now the holiest spot in the universe is in you. On earth. It's in us. Praise God. That's something to shout about. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And we shouldn't say it subtly. We should shout it out. Praise God. And I'm saying once again, not through emotionalism. But when it rises up from the inside because of an awareness, a revelation that you have, praise God, it just flows out of you. And then next, they had a reason to shout back in the Old Testament because he redeemed them. He redeemed them. In the book of uh, Isaiah 44 and verse 23, Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Oh, wow. Did Jesus do it for us? Shout. Ye lower parts of the earth. And all these are emblematic. Break forth into singing. The heavens talk about the angels. The lower parts of the earth. The humble upon the planet. Break forth into singing ye mountains. Those that are uh, mighty cities. Or kingdoms I should say. And old forest and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed. You can say for those that are cities. That are round about. He's calling upon all the inhabitants of the earth. And he's telling all the inhabitants of the earth to shout. Why? Because the Lord has done it. What has he done? He redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. And once again, someone says, well, that's Old Testament. I know that. We got a better covenant. We got better promises. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, not bulls and goats, praise God. We've been redeemed... Ephesians 1 7 says we have redemption through his blood even the remission of sins look at it in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins or remission of sins according to the riches of his grace there's some there's another reason to shout we've been told because he's done it see too often we're looking for him to do something but he's already done it he's redeemed us he's delivered us he's healed us he set us free he has helped us he's protecting us and caring for us all these revelations these are all blessed truths from the word of God and it's up to us to recognize them and realize them and meditate them until what they take us over and out of our spirit comes a shout praise God of victory number five because you talk about a reason to shout our heart is declared right before God. Our heart is declared right. This was a work of, of God that took a long time. Look at Psalm 32. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he that trusts in the Lord. Mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord. And rejoice ye righteous. And shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. How significant is that? If you go back to the very beginning when Adam and Eve fell from the presence of God, they were affected in spirit, soul, and body. Their spirit was separated from God, estranged from God. Their soul became darkened and, and their mind was darkened from the truth of God's word. And then their physical body became mortal and subject to death. So in all three realms, you can see man was affected by the fall. God had a plan that was already set in motion from the foundation of the world. That if man would fall, he would send his son to redeem man from his fallen state. 
Man was on the outside looking in. He could not get back into the presence of Almighty God as a result of his transgression. There were cherubim. There were sta- there before, in cherubim before the, the very throne of God, keeping man away lest he partake of the tree of the knowledge of, uh, tree of life, rather. And as a result, man's on the outside. He cannot change his spiritual condition. He is dead on the inside. He is not right with God. But God came up with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then uh, the nation of Israel. And then all of a sudden came the, the laws and the commandments through Moses and all that. We thank God for all the revelation of the Ten Commandments and what they mean and how they showed us that we can never please God and we can never make heaven on our own. But praise God, Jesus came. Uh, thank God that Jesus came and fulfilled that law for us and went to a cross and did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. It took it 4,000 years to take place but praise God after 4,000 years of man in his fallen state when his heart is not right before God Jesus emerged from the grave and took his blood and applied it and then he sent the Holy Ghost he breathed upon his own and said now receive a new heart I'll take the stony heart out of you I'll put a new heart on the inside of you one of flesh praise God and now you and I are washed in the blood of the land and we've got the life of God the nature of God the power of God the spirit of God on the inside of us our hearts have been made righteous before God that is a reason to shout. We can actually now, we've been invited to enter the holiest place of all, heaven, and have an audience with our Father. And stand before Him and say, Abba, Father, I belong here. You couldn't do that before the resurrection and the new birth, the new creation. That is something to shout about. We're partakers of His grace and His glory. And mercy surrounds us round about every day of our lives. It's renewed every day. When you got up this morning, mercy met you. Uh, Number six. Because God brings down the walls. In the book of Joshua, you know the story. We alluded to it earlier. But notice here in verse five, it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And then move over to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. It came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout. That the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him. And they took the city. Did you know there's walls all around us? trying to keep us from experiencing the fullness of God's blessings. Walls that try to hold us down and keep us away from our inheritance. There can be walls of pride, walls of prejudice, walls of doubt, walls of unbelief, walls of unforgiveness. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And these walls are all around us. You know the walls that wall you in, your own walls that you have. You know, it might be some attitudes that might exist that just keep you from going forward and experiencing the blessings of your inheritance. And sometimes we just kind of sit back and we kind of think that, well, that's just me. That's just who I am. That's just the way I am. And as long as we have that mentality, and as long as we have that kind of an attitude, we'll stay within the confines of those walls and we'll never break loose. But oh, my brother, this shout... I understand it was for them in that day, but I believe that there's a parallel here. I believe, but praise God, we can apply it in a spiritual sense to our lives today. Those walls that hold us in captivity, we're not going to break loose with this little, little effort of, I really wish I could do better than that. 
I, I really wish I could forget people, but you know what? I just seem, it just seems like I can't. Don't buy the lie of the devil. He wants you walled in. He wants you stationary. He wants you complacent. He wants you to be satisfied with where you're at. He doesn't want you to break through those walls. When you get a revelation of how you've been forgiven and you know the depth of the forgiveness that you have, you know the price that was paid to free you from your sin, and then you realize, how can I hold it against anybody who sinned against me? How can I possibly do that? How can I be bitter towards somebody? How can I have this kind of an attitude or that kind of an attitude? How can I be so full of doubt and unbelief when I realize and recognize the price that was paid, the blood that was shed, and the scripture that says, if God gave me Jesus, how can he not give me everything with him? And all of a sudden, you're beginning to see it. It's rising up on the inside, inside your spirit. You're beginning to understand it. You're beginning to relate to it. And now you can see it's not about you. It's not about who you are. It's not about what you've done. It's all about who he is. And it's all about what he's done in you. And you start realizing, I can forgive because I've been forgiven. And you start shouting out and say, unforgiveness, out. You say, bitterness, go, doubt, I rebuke you, fear, be gone. And you say it with authority from your heart, from the depth of your soul. You get to a place, you say, sickness and disease, I'm no longer tolerating you in my life. I'm speaking to you in the name of... See, it's not this subtle, mellow thing. You don't do it just because someone tells you to do it. You do it because you've taken a hold of the word of Almighty God. You opened up your Bible for yourself. And you turned to 1 Peter 2.24. And you saw that with his stripes you were healed. And you mauled over that. Not one day. You mauled over that one day. And didn't say anything to the contrary for the whole day. The second day you picked up your Bible once again. You got 1 Peter 2.24. And says with his stripes you were healed. And you say nothing out of your mouth that opposes that. You don't walk around saying I'm so sick I can hardly stand up. You know, the third day that goes by you do the same thing. The fourth day that goes by you do the same thing. By the fifth day, praise God, something's starting to well up on the inside of you. And by the sixth day, I know that by your stripes I was healed, Jesus. I know you paid the price. I know you became sin, sickness, disease, the curse on Calvary's tree, and mental anguish for me, depression, and everything that goes with it and connected to it. I know you've paid the price for all that. And now by the seventh day, you say not a word, praise God, out of your mouth, except by his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. I thank God I'm healed. I praise God I'm healed. And then you shout with a shout. And you say, body, line up with the word of God. Line up with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not an emotional shout. It is a spiritual shout that comes from the depth of your soul. Based on revelation from God's Word. Not that you heard some preacher preach. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then the walls come down. We then go to number seven. We on number seven? To release, you're going to love this one. To release a breakthrough anointing. To release a breakthrough anointing. Notice in Second Chronicles chapter 13. And look at verse 13. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind them. See how the enemy is? 
See that? They're scaredy cats. They can't face you head on. They got to come from behind. The devil likes to come when you're sleeping. You realize that? That's why it's so important to pray and release your angels. Release them when you go to bed at night. And the devil doesn't sleep. He's just crazy. He stays up all night. So they were before Judah. And the ambushment was behind them. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind. So they start in the back and they come in front. Now, so here they are. They're in, a, they're in a difficult situation. And they cried unto the Lord. And the priests sounded with the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. And as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah and the children of Israel fled before Judah and God delivered them into their hand. Notice, notice the shout in connection with victory over the enemy. Think about it. Now the word here that's used for shout in the Hebrew, one general meaning is yes, rejoice. But as you do a further deeper study in the Hebrew, it means to destroy and it means to break. To destroy and to break. Rejoice, destroy, and break. Think about those three words. Rejoice, destroy, and break. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. So we need power to have victory, don't we? So the word means destroy and break as well as to rejoice. Well, when God's people then begin to shout based on their revelation of who God is and what God has done and what He has promised. And you know, whatever God promises, you will find a problem to go with it. Because whatever God promises you, the enemy's going to bring problems to counteract that promise, to see to it that you don't get the promise because you get weary from standing against the problem. And that's why sometimes we get to a place that we tolerate, we put up with this, that, and the other thing. But God wants us to say, get a hold of my word. Find out what it says for yourself. Call me on it. Remind me what I said. Let it start down deep in your toes. Let it rise up your ankles and your knees. Let it get to your thighs and hit your belly. And when it hits your belly and starts bubbling over, then let it just be released with a shout of victory until you break through with a breakthrough anointing, praise God, and destroy the work of the enemy. Praise God, when the people of God realize their victory, the walls are broken, addictions are broken, disease powers are broken, demon spirits powers are broken, depression is, de is broken, praise God. There is an anointing that's yoke destroying and bondage breaking. The Bible says that when Jesus saw Peter's mother-in-law sick with a fever, he didn't just quietly say leave. It says he rebuked the sickness, and when he rebuked it with a loud earth-shattering voice it left i remember smith wigglesworth one time he said he was standing on a street corner i think waiting to get on a bus and this lady was uh standing there or it was actually coming around, and her little dog was following her down the sidewalk along the sidewalk and i believe i think it was a she she or he it doesn't matter turned around and just said uh, go back go back go back home go back go back go back home Finally, when the dog didn't listen, she turned and said, I told you to go. Poo, that dog tucked his tail between his legs and it took off. From, and Smith Wilkerson says, that's how you've got to do the devil. That's how you got to do the devil. 
If you just say, now get out of my life. Uh, no, you got to get to a place. You get to the place where you can't take it anymore. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I've had this up to here. God is faithful and God's word is true. I know that it's mine. I know that it's real. I know that God honors his word. He will not in any way fail to perform his word. And so therefore through those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I'm making a decision that I am not going to stop shouting until I inherit my promise. I told you to get out of my body. I, arthritis leave. You, you, you just got to get to the point. That you know that you know it. And then it has to happen. And you're not going to settle for less. You know if we tolerate it. It'll stay. But you got to get to the place where you say. Uh uh I'm tired of it. And then finally. I'm going to close with this. Notice. Mountains are removed. In the book of Zechariah chapter 4. Who art thou. O great mountain. Before Zerubbabel. Thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, saying, The law, the law, the law. The law applies, applies to the old. But what's he say to cry out? What are we under? We're not under the law. We're under what? Grace. Now the mountain that stands there in the way is satanic opposition that was endeavoring to prevent him from building the wall in Jerusalem. And so when that opposition was there, guess what happened to the people that were involved and engaged in building the wall? They set out to do it, but then they got to a place where they gave up on it. And you see, the work of the Lord then became kind of dormant before the people. And they went about building their houses and getting their jobs and, and living their life the way they want to live their life. And life was going on, you know, there among the people. And no one was really taking over the project to build the wall. See, the satanic opposition was actually successful at that particular time because they left off the building of the wall. Now, he's told, go Build the wall. Go build the wall. And when the mountain of adversity comes to stand before you. The satanic opposition to stand before you and say you can't do it. Then shout grace. I'm not under the law. It's not by my ability. It's not by my power. It's not by my strength. It's not by anything I can do. But I'm shouting grace to the project. Because when I shout grace, it means the power of Almighty God is unleashed on my behalf to get the job done. So I am proclaiming and declaring by the grace of God, I can do what God has called me to do. You know what the Apostle Paul said about himself? He says, I was the primary sinner of all sinners. Did he not? He said, but I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Praise God. Yes, I killed Christians. Yes, I was destroying Christianity. Yes, I sent out the sea to it. I just took the rug out from beneath Christianity. I did not want it to succeed because I felt as though they were going against God. But I found out when Jesus appeared to me 
that I was going against him and that he was the Messiah. He is the risen King of kings and Lord of lords. He said, so me, I should be less than least of all the saints. He said, but it's not up to me as to who I am. He said, but by the grace of God, I am who I am and what I am. He called me. He anointed me. He appointed me. And if God says a job can be done, guess what? By the grace of God, it can be done. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.